Happy New Year, y'all. I mean, before we get into this message series, I also have to call out Christian on one other thing. Because there is this other topic, like he nailed it with King Jesus, but there was this other topic where it said, name three things you can kick. And he goes, bacon. Like, do you guys agree that you can kick bacon? Because he was trying to claim that for the win. And it wasn't as good as King Jesus. But um, you guys should definitely buy that game because it's a whole lot of fun. It's stressful, but great. But anyways, we're kicking off this brand new series called Promises. Say Promises. And this is all about the promises of God that we find in Scripture, promises that we can still stand on today. We can still stand on every single word written in this book. In fact, our whole series throughout January, it's based on this Scripture that we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. You can read on the screen with me or find it in the notes app for yourself. But it says, for all the promises of God, find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Now, I love this scripture because it speaks of God's faithfulness and his unchanging nature. His promises are met with his yes. But I also love that it asks something of us. You guys might not have noticed it before, but it actually asks something of us. It asks for our amen. It says all of his promises are yes in him. And so because of that, we utter our amen to God for his glory. It's his yes, but it's our amen. Now, if you've always heard the word amen in church, and you're like, I don't even know what that means, but everybody says it. It means so be it, as in I agree. And so when we read the promises of God that are yes in him, when we say amen, we say, yes, I agree with that promise, and I stand on that promise. And so I'm really excited to bring you guys part one of this series, and I've called this message message, set up to win. Set up to win. And I'm excited to bring this as the first message of 2021 in a year where we can actually set ourselves up well to win this year. Now, you're going to find out why I called it this in a moment. But first, I want to tell you this story about a class that I heard at the University of Florida. You see, the professor got in front of his class at the very beginning of the year, and he divided his class in half because he wanted to do a little experiment with his photography class. And so he divided them down. It's like, I'm going to divide y'all right here from frosty and over. He said, okay, you guys, you are the quantity group. You're going to be graded solely on the amount of work that you produce. See, at the end of the semester, if you give me 100 photos, I'll give you an A. 90 photos a B, 80 photos a C, so on. So the quantity group. And then he goes to the next group and he says, you guys are the quality group. You're going to be graded solely on the excellence of your work. You only have to produce one photo. Just one photo the entire semester, but it has to be nearly perfect to get an A. Now, of these two groups, at the end of the semester, which group do you think produced the best images? Now, raise your hand if you think it was the quantity group. Okay, definitely the minority. Raise your hand if you think it was the quality group. A lot of people are saying quality. Well, y'all might be surprised to find out, as the professor was shocked as well, that the best images actually came from the quantity group. Now, why was that? It's because they weren't afraid to just get started. 
They weren't afraid to just get out in the field and start experimenting. They weren't afraid to test out new methods to figure out what would work best for them. And so they were practicing daily, picking up their camera daily, taking hundreds of shots and giving him their best hundred. They just got straight into it. And at the same time that this was going on with the quantity group, the quality group, they were just planning for perfection. They were spending a lot of time preparing, thinking about what lighting could be the best, thinking about the best possible location. They were just preparing for the final shot, but they just spent so much time in preparation, just trying to think about what to do that they never actually got into the field to practice. And so their photos didn't end up being the best. They were planning for perfection, but they never got into the field to practice. Now, the reason I tell you this story is because so often we can get caught up in having the perfect God time with the perfectly picked out Bible and the perfect highlighters that don't bleed through the page. And we just want to have this perfect moment with God with no interruptions from kids or phone notifications or anything. And we spend this whole time planning and preparing and what we call preparation, God actually can see as procrastination. When we're planning, we're actually missing out on all of the practicing that we could be doing with God daily. You know, have you ever gone to a friend's house and they're so consumed, maybe this happened for you over Christmas, maybe it was your mama, but you're so consumed with the details of the dinner party that they're just frantic in the kitchen and they're trying to get every possible utensil they have in their drawers out onto the table just so they know that everybody has every single option available and they're going around trying to do all of this planning and this preparation and you're sitting there thinking, just sit down. Like, I'm here to hang out with you. This is enough for us to have a meal together. You know, God actually thinks the same thing of us sometimes. He sees us frantically running around trying to get things sorted, being like, no, God, you can't, I'm not at my best right now. I can't give you this right now. And God's like, yo, just sit down. I'm here to hang out with you. This is actually enough for us to have a conversation together. You know, somebody once said, the best is the enemy of the good. The best is the enemy of the good. See, sometimes we can so be, be so consumed about thinking about the best possible time with God that we miss out on the good that we could be having with him every single day. So, You want to know what one of God's promises is to us? This is the first promise that we are focusing on. But I have it in a few different scriptures because he highlights this in a number of ways. So first we're going to go to the book of James. And chapter 4, verse 8, we'll read it on the screen together. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Have you guys heard that one before? Come close to God and God will come close to you. Jeremiah said it differently. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Then we go to Psalms. In the book of Psalms 145, verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. And then finally, let's go to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, I don't know if you noticed the theme throughout these four scriptures, but here's the thing. God is close. And he is so much closer than you could ever realize. But I hear a lot of people say this, these next few phrases sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, probably everybody in the room has said it at some point. 
I know I'm guilty of saying this in the past, but I hear some people say, I just don't feel close to God. Or I just don't feel like God is hearing me when I pray. I just don't feel like God is close. I feel like God has abandoned me. Can anybody relate to that at some point in your life? Because I know that it can feel like that sometimes. And you might not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I have the mic. Y'all don't. But all of God's promises are yes in him. But they got to be amen by you. They got to be amen by you. So what does it mean? It means what James told us. He says, if you come close to God, God will come close to you. Jeremiah said it differently. That was the voice of God speaking, saying, if you seek for me wholeheartedly with your whole heart, you will find me. See, there's this, this um, what is that? Not proposition, this the thing that comes before God being close is you being close to God. Lost my way for a moment. But I often find that the people that make those statements, like I said before, those people often haven't opened their Bibles in a while. Or maybe they haven't been to small group in a while. Or maybe they haven't worshiped in surrender in a while. And the reality is, hear me church, the reality is, if you distance yourself from his word, from his people, and from his presence, of course you will feel distant. Of course you will. If you distance yourself from his word, his people, and his presence, of course you will feel distant. So if you want to feel closer to God, we got to lean in with our amen. That means daily getting into his presence and opening up his word and figuring out how he wants to speak to us. Because the beautiful thing is, is God speaks to each of us in different ways. And it's a beautiful journey of figuring out how he might speak to you. And, you know, with the, with the quantity group, they jumped straight into the field and they figured out what would work best for them. And that's what we need to adopt as we go into 2021 is daily getting into the field and figuring out what works best for us when it comes to our own personal relationship with God. They had the best images because they practiced daily. And if you want to feel close to God, you can't just plan to like the quality group, but you actually have to get into the field and practice and stop waiting on perfection. You know, the quality group, you could say that they were in motion. Like it looked like they were doing things. It looked as if they had some plans going. And if you ask them, if the professor asked them halfway through the semester, how's it going? They could have given the professor all their plans and all of the things that they were intending to do, planning to do, but hadn't yet done. See, they were planning to do that. But the quantity group, they were taking action. And the question you have to ask yourself when it comes to your personal relationship with God is, are you just in motion or are you taking action? Here's what I mean. So researching different Bible translations to see which one is the best for you before you ever buy a Bible, that's being in motion. It's planning to, it's intending to, but actually getting a Bible and opening it up to read his word, that's taking action. See, filling out a connect card to sign up for a small group, that's being in motion. It doesn't take too much effort to write your name on a little card and say, yes, I want to join a small group, but actually showing up to that small group, that's taking action. You know, if all of the people that actually signed up for small groups showed up to small groups, we'd have way more people connected into community. But I know that sometimes a lot of people will sign up for it and say, oh, actually, it just doesn't fit yet. I just need to plan some more. I just need to do this some more. But being in motion. See, another thing of being in motion is, is planning to show up to church on time, but not really caring if you sleep through your alarm, not really caring if you miss worship in the beginning, 
but actually showing up to give to God and to give to him and praise him and worship before you expect to receive from him through the message, that's taking action. You know, one of my friends, I was staying with her one time, and we were going to go to her church the next day. And I asked her, I said, hey, what time does church start? And I don't remember her exact time, but let's say 9 o'clock, just because that's what we do. She was like, oh, it starts at 9 o'clock, but if we get there by 9.30, it's all good. And I go, wait, what do you mean? Does it start at 9 or 9.30? And she goes, well, 9, but, like, it really starts at 9.30 because that's when the message starts. She was almost viewing worship like the previews to a movie. Can I tell you, worship... It is not the previews to the movie. I would rather y'all be in here worshiping God and surrender than listening to me preach. That's what I would rather because that's when you can connect with God fully and humble surrender. We can't just be in motion planning to and intending to but not actually following through. Now here's what I mean. I read this incredible book, which I highly recommend, called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he said this. Let's read it together on the screen. He said, if motion doesn't lead to results, then why do we do it? Well, sometimes we do it because we actually need to plan or learn more. Sometimes that's true. But more often than not, we do it because motion allows us to feel like we're making progress without running the risk of failure. Most of us are experts at avoiding criticism. It doesn't feel good to fail or to be judged publicly. So we tend to avoid situations where that might happen. And that's the biggest reason why you slip into motion rather than taking action. You just want to delay failure. See, maybe you don't open up your Bible regularly because you don't want to feel like a failure if you don't understand every single word that you've just read. Or maybe you don't show up to small group because you don't want to feel like a failure if you're not as far along in your walk with God as the other people in the group. Or maybe you don't show up to church on time to worship God because you don't want to feel like a failure if you're finding it really hard to worship God that day. I don't know, but being in motion is different from taking action. And here's the thing. If we want to grow in our walks with God this year, if we each want to grow in our relationships with God, then we got to grab hold of his promises by leaning in with our amen, by leaning in and taking action on our part. He says, if you draw close to me, I will draw close to you. And we need to do that even on the days when we don't feel like it. Because especially on those days, your emotions are a liar and you need the truth of God. So on the first Sunday of 2021, I want us to get super practical and set ourselves up to win in our relationship with God. I promised y'all last week that this week would be practical, and it is going to be. And here's the thing. This starts with us developing good habits that are based on the identity of who you want to become, not just the outcome you're hoping to achieve. Habits that are based on the identity of who you want to become, not just the outcome you are hoping to achieve. Now, what's, what's the difference between this? Well, here's some statements that both want the same outcome, but the first statement is going to focus on just the result, and the second statement is going to focus on the identity of who you want to become. See, here's, a, here's one to try. I'm trying to read my Bible more. The outcome you want is to read the Bible more. I'm trying, like that's the result I want, versus living in the identity of saying, I'm a Christian who loves the word. There's a difference here because if I rest in this identity and say I'm a Christian who loves the word, then naturally I will want to read my Bible more because it is God's living and active word. See, I could say I am trying to hear from God. The result I want is to hear from God. And I'm trying to, but I could also rest in the identity of saying I am an active listener. 
And if that's true about me, if I'm an active listener, then I'm going to make room for God to speak to me. And I'm going to learn how to shut up in my own devotion time sometimes because oftentimes we pray a lot and we say a lot and then we walk out of the room after we say amen and God's like, you didn't let me say anything. So (laughs) you could say, I'm trying to get close to God. I'm trying. Or you could live in this identity of saying, I am a friend of God. Because if that identity is true, friends naturally hang out together, right? And, and friends naturally want to hang out together. God, if he's your friend, he wants to hang out with you. And if you are God's friend, then you're not going to bail on him because you wouldn't bail on a friend, right? See, if I wanted to get close to Shermaine, I wouldn't just say, I, I want to get close to Shermaine. I'd say, I'm a friend of Shermaine's. So we're going to hang out together. And we would make that time to hang out together. But oftentimes we say, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get close to Shermaine. Oh, but she looks busy. It looks like she already has some friends. Like, she doesn't have time for me right now. But we do the same with God. We say, oh, I'm trying to get, but God, he needs to deal with these other issues first. Other people need him more than me. So I'll just come back on a later day, God. Versus saying, God, I am a friend of yours. So let's hang out together. Are you living in just the results that you want or the identity of who you want to become? Because if you focus on the identity, everything else will flow from that. So if we think back to God's promises about being closer than we think, how do we as a church, as individuals, draw closer to God in this new year? How do we look for him wholeheartedly? Well, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to talk about five different devotional personalities that you might have. I bet that you're going to fall into one of these five categories because, like I said, God speaks to each of us differently. So if we're going to connect with him differently, we need to know, okay, what's my devotional personality? When might I best connect with him? Now, the first category of people are the early birds. The early birds, they love the morning. That's when they are most alert and their heart is most receptive. And that's the best time for them to have a morning devotion and hang out with God before they leave the house. Is anybody else an early bird? I am. We got a few people. Okay, there's not many people in my category. That's all good. Then, then the second group of people, these are the midday breakers. Now, the midday breakers, they kind of find it tough to get out of the house in the morning. They're just trying to scramble to get out of the house, get to work. But they love to have a break at morning tea or at lunch where they can have a few quiet moments to themselves and they could connect with God at a midday break. Are there any midday breakers? A few. Okay, cool. Then there's the commuter connectors. These are the people that love that daily Auckland commute on the motorway where you really get tested to find out if you're a Christian and how much you love people that cut you off. But the daily commuters, the commuter connectors, they're often in the car or on the train for a long period of time. And so that's actually a really good way to read if you're on the train or listen to the Bible if you're in the car or to listen to a podcast or to sing worship songs really loud where nobody else can hear you. I bet there's some of you that sing so loud in the car, but you don't sing loud here. But these are the commuter connectors. Any commuter connectors? Okay, that's our biggest group so far. And then the fourth category are the night owls. Now, these people, they are the opposite of the early birds, and they really come alive late at night into the late hours, often after everybody else is going to sleep. That's when they are most alert and most receptive, and they're like, my day's just getting started. And they love to hang out with God then after the workday is switched off. Is there anybody like Frosty, a night owl? (sighs) There's a lot. Oh, good. And then my final group of people are the free spirits. Now, the free spirits, these people hate routines in general, but they still love quality time with God. They just don't structure it in daily. They prefer to be more spontaneous. Are there any free spirits in the room? Okay. Quite a few. 
So like I said, I'm an early bird. Frosty's a night owl. We're the opposite. But I'm going to give you some practical steps from the perspective of an early bird, which now, now that you know your devotional personality, you can adapt to suit your own lifestyle. The only one that I would give a warning about, because the first four, the commuter connectors, early birds, night owls, and the midday breakers, you guys could all easily structure a routine and to connect with God on a daily basis. But I got to give a warning to my free spirits. It's all good to be a free spirit, but let me say this. Even free spirits need a bit of structure to form some good habits and to put a routine in. Otherwise, you might just forget to hang out with God the whole week, and you be like, oh, yeah, God, hey, what's up? And so free spirits, you can do routine as well. God still loves you. <laughs> but the book I recommended earlier, Atomic Habits, this is my inspiration for some of these tips I'm about to give you. It's not a Christian book, but it is a book that helps you develop good habits and break bad ones, and it's very good, and we can learn a lot from it as we seek to intentionally draw closer to God in 2021. Now, one of the things I mentioned on our church Facebook group uh, this week, uh, early a few days ago, is that Frosty and I are doing a plan together this year to read the Bible chronologically in a year. And we invited people to join us. And many people from this church are, amen, and we're going to have so much fun doing it. And in fact, this is really cool, on our Facebook group and on Instagram, the number of people that have responded to me that are saying, yes, we're going to read the Bible in a year with you is almost 100, which is incredible. That's awesome. And if you want to come on this journey with us, it's not too late to start. It kicked off yesterday because we're a day behind America. But all you have to do in this, um, this uh, plan is called the Bible Recap, if you want to look it up. It's about 12 minutes of reading a day in an eight-minute podcast. That's only 20 minutes of your day, which is 1% of your day. And I think all of us can give God 1%. That's not asking for a lot. But how do we become a church that actually loves to read the Bible? that loves to draw close to God and close to his word. I'm going to give you four tips, and the first one is this. Make it obvious. Make it obvious. You first need to start out with a specific intention of what it is that you want to do and make it specific. Here's an example. I will draw close to God in the morning before I leave the house. That suits me as an early bird. I will draw close to God in the morning before I leave the house. But yours might be I will draw close to God on my lunch break or I will draw close to God on my daily commute, or whatever time it is that's going to suit your lifestyle, but be specific with it and write down your intention. And here's the thing. You need to understand this concept called habit stacking, which is when you can take the things that you're already doing and stack on some habits that you want to do. Here's what I mean. After I get out of the shower, which is what I already do, amen, I will press play on my audio Bible for today's reading so I can listen while I get dressed. So I took what I was already doing and I just stacked the habit I want to develop on top of that. Here's another one. After I turn on the kettle, I will listen to today's podcast on the Bible recap while preparing breakfast. After I finish breakfast, I'll read the chapters on my own and take notes. See, I took what I was already doing and then I just stack the habits on top of that so I know that it's easy and it just fits into my daily routine that's already happening. But how do we remember? Here's how. You can actually design your environment at home. You can place your Bible next to the kettle if that's where you're going to go first thing in the morning to make a coffee or a devotion book. You can place that next there. When you hit the kettle and turn it on, it's going to take a few minutes to boil. You could read a daily devotion in that time while standing in the kitchen. If you place it there, you make it obvious. You know, I put my Bible app and my podcast app on the home screen of my, my phone 
so that it's obvious. It's right there. And it's obvious that that is what I'm going to do that day. So do whatever you need to do to design your environment and make it obvious. Second thing, make it attractive. Make it attractive. Because you can go beyond just stacking habits. You can actually pair an action that you want to do with an action you need to do. Here's the thing. I want to drink coffee every morning before I leave the house. I don't need to, but I want to. But what I need to do is I need to connect with God and Jesus before I leave the house so people get the best version of Darcy when I leave the house. That's what I need to do. So I'm going to pair those together which means that God will have my attention for as long as it takes to drink my coffee. And we'll sit together and we'll have a coffee date every single morning. It's what I want to do paired with what I need to do. What do you want to do? Do you want a lunch break where you can have some time away to yourself? Do you want to take a little walk during your day? Do you want to to unwind without technology at the end of your day? What do you want to do? Now pair that with what you need to do. And here's the thing, for God time to be attractive, you also need to recognize the, the influence that culture has on you. You actually need to surround yourself with other people that are reading the Bible too. Because then it will be seen as normal behavior. And you won't feel so out of the ordinary. So if you want to join us reading the Bible in a year, there's already a group of almost 100 of us doing it. Join us. Talk to people that are reading the same scriptures you are. Find another Christian at work that you can take a break with. When you're all of a sudden around people doing the same thing you are, it's seen as an attractive thing to do. So surround yourself with people. Join a small group when they relaunch in February. Get around other people that are reading the Bible too and drawing close to God. And Axon, you can join me now. Third thing. Make it easy. Make it easy. you got to reduce the friction, meaning decrease the number of steps between you and your good habits. Decrease those steps. For me, like I said, I put my Bible app and my podcast app on my phone screen. So it's the first thing I see, and it's very easy to click. And if you need to, if social media tempts you, move those to the second page so you're not tempted to click those notifications in that moment when you're actually trying to click on the Bible app. And like I said, you can design and prime your environment. You can set up your environment before you go to sleep so that it's ready for you the next day. My Bible and my journal that I am taking notes in for this plan throughout the year, it's always going to be sitting where I have my coffee time with God. So I don't have to go searching for it in the morning. And I don't have to gather things before I sit down. Prime your environment. Make it as easy as possible. But here's the thing. You could do all of the above, but you have to learn how to master the decisive moment. Here's what I mean. You will get tempted to do other things. It might be in the form of a notification or a crying child or a husband that wants to talk to you or whatever it may be. You might get tempted to take your eyes away from the word. But here's the thing. If you master that decisive moment where you get into that routine of clicking play on the Bible app, if that's what you're going to do, because you can listen to like Morgan Freeman read it to you. It's not him. just sounds like him. Um, But when you open up the Bible, it's that decisive moment of starting and beginning, and everything else will flow from there. You've got to master the decisive moment. And here's the thing. If you're digital, for some digital lovers, you can even automate your time with God. You can set a reminder In fact, my plan reminds me it's a notification on my phone when I wake up that says, read your reading for today. And I can easily click on that before I click on anything else. Do whatever you can to make it easy. Finally, make it satisfying. You can use some reinforcement. 
See, once you've had your priority time with God, you could actually reward yourself with something else that you wanted to do, like watch the morning news or go on that scroll on Instagram or go for the walk or whatever it is you wanted to do, watch an episode of your favorite show. You could reward yourself with that afterwards. Whatever you crave, you can reinforce that. But if you're also going to go through the Bible recap plan with us in a year, you're going to develop this thing called a habit streak where you're going to be reading it every single day. And all of a sudden, you're going to get excited to go find that day's reading and to discover what God is going to say to you that day. Because as you draw close to God and you take a step closer to him every single day and you get in his word every single day, you're going to realize that God is so close to you. And you're going to get excited to open up your Bible because you're going to say, man, God is going to speak to me today, and I can't wait to see what he says. Can I tell you the first time that I read the Bible cover to cover, God has spoken to me more than he ever has before. He spoke to me through specific names and dates and scripture that was crazy, but only God could do that because he knew that I was going to come meet with him every single morning, and he knew exactly where in his word I would be, and he could speak to my situation because I developed a habit of drawing close to him daily. And here's the thing. Try it. If you miss a day, that's okay. But never miss twice. Never miss twice. Sometimes we can miss a day and then we let the guilt of missing that day stop us from progressing forward. But don't let that guilt override you. Just say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I didn't get to hang out with you today, but I'm gonna be back tomorrow. Because here's the thing, God can pick up on the conversation wherever y'all left off. So try not to miss twice. But I believe fully, I believe that your outcomes in this life will shift when you operate out of the identity of a Christian who loves the Bible. The identity of a believer who loves to talk to God. The identity of someone who is seeking the truth about who God is. And you can become that person if you make this habit obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. And I believe that this is a year where we as a church are gonna draw closer to God and we're gonna discover more of God's character together. We're gonna draw close to him and we're not just gonna be in motion. We're not just gonna talk about wanting to hear from God. We're not just gonna talk about the promises that would be really cool to have, but we're actually gonna take action and we're gonna draw close to God. But here's the thing, you have to own your own journey. I can't walk your journey for you. The person next to you, they can't walk your journey for you either. So the closer you want to get to God, that all depends on how close you personally draw to him in the process. Because here's the thing, I believe that as we seek to amen God's promises all throughout the month of January and all throughout the scripture that we're going to read throughout the entire year, we will discover this beautiful and resounding yes that God has already spoken. You see, in 2021, God has already given us his yes, but it's up to us to give God a big amen. And so church, I want to pray for you before I go. God, I just thank you so much that you speak your promises with this resounding and this beautiful and this faithful yes. And God, right now, we are a people coming before you, passionate about drawing close to you, passionate about getting to know you more. And God, we are giving you our amen. God, we are standing in agreement with what you've spoken in scripture. And God, we stand with you and we wanna know you like on a deeper level, more than we've ever known you before. 
So God, I pray that for every single person here in this room, as they start their journey with you, as they start to discover the truth about who you are, God, as they take steps to draw close to you, would you be so close to them? I pray that they would feel your presence. I pray that they would know your word. I pray that they would be surrounded with your people so that they could grow in this relationship they have with you. In Jesus' name.